0: You are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Journey Church Tampa. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoy it. Um, the scripture this morning, and I have a lot of scripture, but this one probably is a good umbrella maybe, um, and it's James 1, 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. The message version um, I was reading, and it's just, it just, the message version just puts everything in plain English, and it's so easy to follow, so I'm going to read that here also. So my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of lights. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word, showing us off as the crown of all his creatures. That's beautiful. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray for this morning, and then we're going to get started. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for these people here um, in the building and on livestream father and above all Lord, I just thank you for being Lord for being above all and knowing all and that you never there is no change in you lord and that that's a comfort and that's a joy and that brings me that brings me hope Lord I pray over my words I pray Lord that my mistakes or my whatever whatever my whatever my thing is, it doesn't hamper the word being thrown out there, Lord. That Your word goes out and it does not return void. And in You, I'm so thankful. In Your name, we pray. Amen. Um, this morning we are going to be continuing our um, series on faithfulness. And when I'm thinking, when I was making my notes and I was thinking about this topic in this time in this day and age. I would be remiss not to mention the time that we find ourselves in now. Um, as we begin preparing ourselves and our children to go back to school, some of us have already had have have kids back in school. Um, some of us are still struggling or working through the thing of how we're going to start school, um, whether it's in person, whether it's online, whether it's e-learning or all these different options. Um, and then some of us are still waiting to see when and how. We're going to go to school. Um, But whichever choice you made, and there were, like I said, many choices to make, um, we have to make that choice as parents. And this is just this instance, but as parents, we have to make that choice and rest in that choice. Some of us have made that choice, and we felt confident, and then we started second-guessing ourselves, and we started worrying about the choice that we made, um, whether that comes from fear or whether that comes from Wanting to send your children to school, and you can't, or you don't want them, well, you don't want them to, and you're feeling pressure to do so. Um, I was reading the other day, and I came across an article, um, and it was just about this topic. And it was from, um, the article was from a woman named Glenn Marshall, and it was, she said, it was so good. She said, God isn't waiting to see if you make the wrong decision. He's waiting for you to trust him with the decision that you have made. And I read that, and I thought, okay, Lord, like, okay. Okay, but also, and he is so good, but also I will say that that just not, not for this instance. You don't have to have children. Your children can be almost out of the house. Whatever whatever that thing is, make the decision and then trust in the Lord that you have made the right one and that if it's the wrong one, he's going to come behind you and he will make everything good. And that was just so good. Why? Because God is faithful. He is faithful in the uncertainty. Matthew six twenty six twenty seven 27 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? That scripture in, this, in our day and age now, um, I think it's the perfect answer to our fears and our doubts. In this scripture, in relation to where we find ourselves now, especially as parents, who might be struggling to send your children to school or struggling knowing that they will have to be home with you. Some don't have a choice and they have to be home with you. Take comfort to know that the Lord who formed them, who knew them before they were in the womb, still, thankfully, has their best interest at heart, more so than parents can. Despite our fear and our anxiety, our questions and our doubts, the Lord is there asking that we trust him. And that's what he is. He's asking that we trust him. We can see, um, Priscilla Schreier says this, we can see hope in the midst of hopelessness. We can see peace in the midst of chaos. We have a hope that the world does not have. We can see clearly that all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. But we can see hope in the middle of hopelessness because we have the Lord and he is our hope and he is our peace. Job 13, 15 says, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. Oh, to be like Job and to be able to say in our uncertainty, in our doubt, in our fears, in our failures, though this thing or that thing and this or that thing is the thing that we dread or fear the most, that that thing may actually happen, but I can still hope in him. My hope is found not in my comfort, which my hope sometimes found in my comfort i like being comfortable my hope is not found in my confidence but my hope is found in him god is also thank you god is also faithful in our fear (laughs) Um, my boys are out of school um john michael i'm going to brag a little bit Um, john michael is starting university of tampa in i think two weeks um So he's long out of school. Um, Benjamin is at HCC, and I think he's almost done this year. Um, So this story is from a very long time ago, and some of you probably have heard it, Um, but when I was thinking of of this, it was a perfect example. Um, For sixth, seventh, and I think eighth grade, uh, my boys were, they did virtual school. We didn't want to send them to middle school, so we thought, okay, virtual school, Perfect perfect um, for us it was perfect it's not, not their favorite, um, but for us it worked it was working for us um, but for the state testing, we couldn't do it at home. We had to take them to a school to our local um, middle school and at the time we were in Riverview, review, the local middle school is Eisenhower, and I thought, okay boys, like they were fine like at the time you know Joe Michael and Ben they're both big boys. Um, so here I am walking them into Eisenhower Middle School, um, and I drop them off. I sign them in. They do testing there, and as I was leaving, I said, "Okay, Lord, they're yours." And He said, "No, Val, they were always mine." And it was like because I wasn't there with Him, like with them, I couldn't control them. And it took that, and it was me being unfaithful. I was being unfaithful. I wasn't trusting. It was the Lord coming back saying. Well, they're always been mine. Like, whether or not they're in your care, they're still mine. Um, And that, to me, was just... I I go back to the example. Every Like, whenever I think of something, okay, Lord, they are yours. So are my girls and all the other boys living in my home. Um, But I was faithless in that situation. Um, But I am so very glad that even when I am faithful, faithless, God is faithful. God is still faithful, and for that at least for me, that is very encouraging. Oops, sorry guys. Um, Charles Spurgeon puts it like this and it was just perfect. Uh, The glory of God's faithlessness is that no sin of ours has ever made him unfaithful. And that is just, that's encouraging to me. Matthew 7, 9 through 11 said, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Um, I, I leak, uh, or I try to keep like a running list in my mind. It would be too easy to get my phone out and write an actual list, so I'm like, Remember that, Val. Addison wants a sweater with pockets. Remember that for Christmas. Avery wants this. Remember that. Joe, Michael, and Ben, they don't ask for much, but but I try to keep a running list of what my kids want for their birthday um, or Christmas. And I love buying gifts. Um, and this kind of, is a little aside, but me and my husband, we differ in this instance. I can buy a gift today for Christmas and stash it away and I'm fine with keeping it to Christmas. Uh, my husband waits to the last minute to buy his gifts because he likes to give the gifts. He wants to give it. He'll ask me, um, "Uncle will shopping, and, and, and he'll ask me, do you want your birthday gift? Like, if it my birthday. No, I don't want My birthday's not today. I have to wait for my birthday or Christmas. No, I don't want my Christmas gift now. Um, no, I put it in here too. That is just like holiday gifts. He can buy me something for because, and I'll gladly take those gifts anytime, but a birthday or, holiday, birthday or Christmas has to be birthday or Christmas. Um, but, and I was thinking, like, I can keep their gifts for all, for, forever. Um, and as much as I like buying them things, I also know n- I have to withhold some things that they want because I know that that thing can bring them harm or it can bring them wanting for the wrong purpose. Amen. And that was perfect to me, because I thought, one of them asked, they want a pair of Apple EarPod thingies. No, you can have the headphones with the wires. Like, that's perfectly fine. Or a phone. You don't have to have a phone, because there's nowhere that you go for now that I'm not there. So you don't have to have a phone. When you do the need for a phone, we'll get the phone. But, and I know as being a parent... I say this thing and all my children are probably saying, okay, whatever, Mom. I know that holding something from them is the best thing for them. The same way, the Lord does the same thing. He is showing his faithfulness to us sometimes by withholding some of the very things that we think we need, whatever that may be. Some of us, some of the very things that we are praying and believing for, he withholds them because he knows if he gives, gives us those things, they could lead us, lead us to destruction or take us from the Lord. And Beth Moore puts it like this. Often when God does not readily give us what we want, it is because he knows what our desire would cost us. Faith sometimes means foregoing our desire because we trust Christ to have a better plan for our lives. That is it. We have to trust him. Whether or not we get what we want or we don't get what we want, we trust him because we know he knows best. He is also, also faithful in hardship. God's faithfulness is shown all over the Bible. Um, and there are story after stories of him just showing up. Sometimes sometimes way before the end or sometimes right at the end. But, but there's story after story. And, and one story um, that I was reading of last week was um, the book of Daniel. So a basic, very fast rundown of the book of Daniel. Um, you may be familiar, you may not, but um, David, or Daniel and his friends, um, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Ariel, also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were taken to the court of King Nebuchadnezzar. While they were there, Daniel was able to not only interpret the king's dream, he was also able to tell the king his dream. He was the only one that could do that, and it was through the Lord. He had prayed, and the Lord um, allowed him to do that. Um, But King Nebuchadnezzar also made a golden image of himself, and he ordered that whenever musical instruments, harps, lyres, flutes were played, everyone must bow down and worship this massive golden image. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not do it, and this is what they said. Daniel 3, 16 through 20. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And if, and he will deliver us from your hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. The part that was interesting to me was they realized they were being thrown in this thermos, or this furnace. Um, I think they said it's like seven degrees hotter, like seven times hotter. They knew that they could be thrown into this furnace. They knew their God could save them, but they did say, even if he doesn't save us, we're not bowing down to your golden image. That is faith. That is faith in hardship. Tim Keller said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were good men, but they were still flawed human beings. These three did not then deserve the Lord's deliverance because of the perfect purity of their lives. God could walk through the fire with them because he came to earth in Jesus Christ and went through the fire of punishment. They and we all deserve. They weren't saved because they were perfect. They were saved because they were the Lord. They were God's. Um, So now I come to why is God faithful? There's a bunch of reasons why he's faithful. Um, I I could have probably wrote eight more pages of notes on why he's faithful, um, but I did pick out two. I am used to talking this much. I talk all day long, but I'm I always get I always get so thirsty. So I, I apologize. Um, but why is God faithful? Well, easy. He's faithful because he's God. Second um, Second Timothy two thirteen says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. That's it. He cannot deny himself. Um, and th- for that, I am very, I guess I'm just hopeful. Um, the same person that said, make a choice and believe the Lord will we'll walk you through that choice, also said, to believe in God's future faithfulness, we must look back at the past faithfulness of the great unchanging God Who has been with his people in their lamentations? To look forward, you have to look back. And some of these, some of our things in the back may not have turned out the way that we wanted, but he still brought us through them because he is faithful. Um, I'm reminded, going through the Bible, I was reminded just the numerous times that the Bible states, one time in Genesis, um, the story of Rachel and, and Leah, and the verse says, I don't have it written down, but the verse says, God remembered Rachel. Another part part in Exodus where it's where it says, the Lord remembered the promises he made to the Israelites. He remembers. It's his timing. We have to just kind of wait, but he remembers. He is faithful. It's not like me as a parent, I'm like, yeah, we'll go for a t- take him to Addison. Mom go for a jog today. Yeah, we'll go for a jog. We'll do it later when it's not so hot. And then when it's later, it's like, I don't want to go outside. It's so hot outside and I'm tired. That's not the Lord. The Lord is so faithful, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, But remember, with God, there is no variation of shadow due to change. He doesn't turn away from us. So there's no us asking or believing something, and Him, like, oh, I don't want to do it today, and turn away. He can't do that. That's not in His nature. This is encouraging to me because God, unlike me and unlike humankind, is not changing. He is not fickle. He is not pushed around by circumstances and trials. He is constant. And in a world of now, especially, I think, of unconstancy, the one, unconst- the one constant is the Lord. He is unchanging. Um, he is also faithful because he knows our worth. Um, some of you. I probably told you story of story, and you've probably seen picture of picture of our travels and um, how much I love art museums. I love an art museum. I can go and spend sun sunup, sundown art museum. My husband loves the cafes, so we go and we look at some art, and then we every cafe we see, we have to stop. So I get some, we get some art, and then we get some lunch, and then we get some art, and we get coffee. Um, but I could spend all day in art museums. And I also like podcasts. Um, one of my, and I like history, so one of my favorite podcasts is Revisionist History. You may have heard it. Um, I just love listening to it. But one of, one of the, one of the, the um, podcast, I guess, episodes um, that was playing this, this couple of weeks ago, I think, was um, an episode that discusses Van Gogh's painting vase with carnations. This painting in this podcast was described as a smaller painting by Van Gogh, one that was not created for display, but more for a personal practice painting. Um, There was actually some debate whether it was even an original Van Gogh. Um, It is not in itself one of his masterpieces. Um, It is currently not even on display. It is in storage at the Detroit Institute of Art. The painting, according to the museum's director, he's, he described it like this, the painting has no value. However, he went on to say, the minute we consider it is a painting by Van Gogh, it has a value of several million dollars. The painting has not changed. The painting continues to be what it always was, what it is, but what has changed is the perception that we have. And when I heard that, I was on my little walk, I thought, oh my gosh, Lord, we, I know, me personally, so this is us. When we look at ourselves and we may not see any value, we may not see any purpose, we may consider that we are not worthy of X, Y, or Z, but when we consider who made us, our value changes dramatically and we have gone from this little insignificant painting to literally like worth millions because who made it? and that is us. The Lord is faithful because he sees our worth. Whether or not we see it and whether or not we don't think we're worthy to have peace or we're worthy to not have anxiety or be a non-anxious presence like I was talking about, we are worthy because of whose we are. And that to me was just, it was life-changing. Um, so we're almost done, but um, how do we respond to God's faithfulness? And there's just three things. Um, How to respond to his faithfulness? We respond by resting in him. St. Augustine put it like this. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. We are restless creatures. I know one thing that I deal with, um, and I've, I've, I've said this before, but I have a very hard time just sitting and doing nothing. I mean, even like watching, I can do it now. Like I can sit and watch a movie or watch TV. There was a point in time where I had to crochet, even watch a movie. I just couldn't sit still. I was restless. In, in, in that instance, the Lord has changed me. I can, I'm happy to say I can sit and watch a movie. And that to me is like, okay, Lord, thank you. Um, but we internally, we are just a rest, we're just restless people. We can be a restless human beings. And the, the Lord is saying, I can give you that rest. You just got to come, come find me. We can respond to God's faithfulness by trusting. That can, and that can be hard. Like I know that we like to, my children, and, and like I said, I like to hold on and thinking, if I can just be there with them or if I can just um, follow them on, find my friends on the phone, I will be happy. I'll be fine. But that's not trusting. We have to trust in the Lord and know, like I said, we may not get what we want. The outcome may not be what we want it to be but we still know that we are the Lord's and we have to just trust him. Amen. We also respond to God's faithfulness by and praising him, by being thankful Amen. for what he's given us, for what he's brought us through. Remember, we, we know that we can, we can trust his future faithfulness by seeing what he brought us out of. We have to, first of all, recognize those things. We have to recognize, Lord, you brought me here for this purpose. Thank you for getting me through there to here. And we have to, we have to praise him. Um, somebody in my parish group had mentioned she started um, every morning, she writes down 10 things she's faithful for or thankful for. Um, and so there's no... There's no, like, doubling. So, and, the, the, like, the, the, the main ones are already, like, written down. So, you're thankful for your children. You're thankful for your home. You're thankful for your job. Those things she can't give thanks for again. Um, she has a thing of ten new ones. And I thought, so I think she's up to, like, five hundred and five something maybe, with new things that she is thankful for. And I thought how amazing that would be that we can be thankful, first of all, or 500 things that he's that good to us. Just that is amazing. Um, but we have to know that the Lord is there and we have to trust him. We have to rest in him and give thanks to him. Um, if... We are so glad that you were able to listen in to the Sermon Audio Podcast. For more information about our church and all that is happening, visit journeychurchtampa.com.